0: Streaming at WMEXBoston.com and on your smart speaker, just say play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all new WMEX. WMEX Boston.
1: Gloves off hockey with Mike Milbury. After fighting and coaching his way through a storied 47-year professional hockey career, Mike's gloves are again dropping to the ice for his next chapter as a radio host. Talking about the NHL, the Boston Bruins, and the hockey world. Live on WMEX, it's Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury.
2: All right, Ben, we're back at it. You didn't get to see the whole game, did you?
1: I saw bits and pieces, most of it on the radio, and then the highlight reel.
2: Well, you're a very lucky man. <laughs> I mean, this was... Okay, let's lay out the excuses. No Charlie McAvoy. Well, that's been the case since the beginning of the year. We've all known it. He's not coming back till Turkey Day sometime around there, anyway. Something there just about. And uh, no Brandon Carlo, 'cause because he banged his head again, which has got to be... a
1: it's got to be the fourth. Growing time now.
2: concern for for not just the Bruins, but for Brandon Carlo. I mean, those things are cumulative, and the, and we, there's enough known about concussions that he's going to have to start to make some hard assessments. But if he gets another couple of those, that's a a real warning sign, don't you think?
1: Can't have it. That is <clears throat> not good for the economy. It's not good for Brandon Carlo, and it's not good for the Boston Bruins.
2: Okay, so they had three of their four top defensemen out. That's excuse number one. Mm-hmm. Excuse number two, third game in four nights. Start the season. I mean, yeah, you get a little bit tired and you're playing you know, your third game in four nights and there's some travel. I can give them a little bit of a cushion there, but they're also going to a team that's hasn't won a game and has had trouble winning games for the last few years, albeit they came up with a pretty good offseason. Right. They brought in Alex to as we know. They brought in Claude Giroux, as we know, and uh, you know they were coming back to play their their first game at home, with high expectations from the fans. You know, you didn't see it, but it was really. Um, and and to talked about it after the game, that the atmosphere in the building is electric, and that is not always the case in Ottawa. It's anything but electric. It's dull. It's dreary. Uh, often half full and so there are a couple reasons why the Bruins were at a little bit of a disadvantage here going into the game but the result was ugly I mean as ugly as you can get as a coach when, when I coached I wanted to set the rules in the defensive zone that was my end of the ice you know from the from the blue line end for sure was my end of the ice and you played by my rules or you didn't play. And I think that's a fair way to put it to players. And then you allow for creativity in the offensive zone, and that's their end of the ice. They still can't cough it up at the blue line. They still can't you know, turn it over so, so the opposition is going in the opposite direction while you're coming at them. That doesn't work for me. Nope. But my end of the ice, <clears throat> the defensive end of the ice, your end of the mm. ice, the offensive end of the ice – well, somehow they forgot the rules. They forgot my rule anyway. I know this is Jim Montgomery wants to play some run and gun, wants to get the defense involved. But the other part of the defenseman game is to obviously defend. And last night it was every basic principle of defensive play was was snapped in half. It was just it was just Gone. Enough to make Claude Julian and Bruce Cassidy lose their minds. I mean, wow. they, we haven't seen this kind <laughs> of a breakdown in, in uh, I don't know how long. But listen, it's been coming. They've been coughing up leads, big leads, two- and three-goal leads. And last night, they coughed up a 3 nothing lead, or they, they gave Ottawa a 3 nothing lead. They crawled back in it. Give them credit there. To make it three-three, then they gave up another three goals to make it six-three. I mean, and and they clawed back to make it six-five. It was a, it was a game that should have them looking at videotape. I think today was a day that, at least, I read on Bruins media notes that there was no scheduled practice, um, and now that's understandable. Third game in four nights. But it's not exactly like coming back from LA on the red eye. Right. It's about an hour flight from from Ottawa to get back to the Boston area. And given what transpired uh, in this game, the basic fundamentals of defense being ignored by just about everybody. I mean, I don't. I, okay, you got your three guys out, right? That's all right. You got to live with that. This isn't the attitude that next man up gets to do the job. Next man up, and you should be at least eight or nine deep on an NHL roster or NHL organization. And so we'll give them the excuse, but it's still not good enough because I want to go I, – what I would have done if I were the head coach is I would have called for a meeting. Okay, come in, have lunch, sit down, and we're going to look at every every goal. Everyone. Every one of these goals is just is – just, it's not just defensemen, it's forwards and defensemen. And so if you can imagine sitting yourself down in the Bruins locker room, a nice cushy auditorium with plush seats now. They have Ooh, on, and a big widescreen TV to watch the, watch the stuff on this far, mess.
1: Far cry from <clears throat> the steel folding chairs, right? Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> so let's dis- dissect the goals. The first goal, you know, this is just like a minute into the game. The crowd is buzzing. You know, everybody's thinking that for a ch- for a change, Ottawa has a chance to be a reasonably good team, you know, with some big names in them. And Drew, Drew is a big name, and so is so is De Brinke, who had forty one goals. I, that's a a lot of offense. But they had some other kids in that lineup too that were were pretty darn good. And I I think you mentioned one of them last night, Stutzle, came over in the trade for Eric Carlson. Um, big kid, wonderful player. It looks like he's going to be a stud
1: absolutely and uh, you know he he got going he really did and you uh, look good out there I'm trying to get his stat line going right yeah well now. Don't,
2: we'll get to that but but the first goal the Bruins dumped the puck in Derek Forbert dumped the puck into the the offensive zone so the Bruins are a little they're on the change which was their changes last night were driving me bananas I and mean, it was not look just good. late and and sloppy and you know let me dissect this goal, and then I'll get to line changes. But they dumped it in, and they were on the forecheck, but they're too slow to exert any pressure on the puck carrier. In that instance, the forward should realize that he's got to pull back into whatever formation the coach wants in the neutral zone and and play defensively. Because if you don't, and if you head in towards the puck carrier and you're a dollar short and a day late, you're going to get beat. So you're going to be going forward. The puck's going to go past you, and all of a sudden, it's going to create odd man situations for your defenseman to deal with. And that's exactly what happened in this particular play. Uh, you want to give you want to give them no time and no space. But if you've got time and space, then react to that. It's read and react. So in this case, it was Greer who gets into the proper position. Actually, coming off the bench, he picks up a winger. Norris, And then he, he did what you see little kids do in practice. They all gravitate to the soccer ball. They all gravitate to the puck. It's like a big, that's a big scrum. You know, it's what you have to try to teach when you're a coach of a kid that, that age. But AJ Greer is not that age. No. And he's playing in an NHL uniform and he should be happy that he's playing in an NHL uniform. Cause it's been a while taking him a while to get here. He's high in the zone just inside the Ottawa blue line, and he starts to curl back to act as the back checker. He picks up Norris, who has just just exited the zone and made a pass. So that's an obvious, his two wingers, his two linemates are beside Norris, and so it's just an obvious pickup for Greer to stay with him. Correct. But he follows the pass, and Norris goes in unattended, and who does the puck come back to as they enter the zone on a, well, it it should have been a three-on-three, turned into a three-on-two because Greer left his man alone to follow the puck like a little kid at soccer practice or hockey practice, and that puck was slid over to Norris and who sniped it five-hole on Swayman. Now, wasn't the greatest goal against Swayman. You know, we didn't have a good night. You have to yield to that. But it was a three-on-three that turned into a three-on-two, and should never have resulted in any kind of a dangerous shot. That was goal one. And, you know, that's just a lack of awareness. It's a lack of discipline. And that lack of discipline has to be addressed. You can't just say, okay, that was, oh, that's hockey. I'm not going to give you the Jim Montgomery, that's hockey. That's just not, that isn't hockey. That's exactly the opposite of what responsible hockey players will do. And, and I don't know, it doesn't mean you have to plant his butt on the bench for the, the next two weeks, but it means it has to get addressed because that's a fundamental rule that was broken and it resulted in a, an early goal against. And those first goals of the game, as you know, I mean, the statistics are weirdly in favor of the team that scores first, but in any event, when and when a house is full like that and they're ready to explode, um, uh, it's even the, the momentum built is even greater than it would be otherwise. But anyway, that's the first goal. Second goal, you know, line changes need to be made with discretion. Usually you make a line change safely when the puck is getting dumped into the offensive zone. That's the time to go off. I mean, The opposition has the furthest distance to travel in order to get back in a position that's dangerous to you. And if you're smart enough and you put it on the side of the benches, they have to go cross ice because you know you're getting five new guys onto the ice or at least three new guys onto the ice in front of your bench. So they have to make a cross ice pass, which is a longer distance. And you never change when a, a rush toward your zone has started and opponents have control of the puck. You never do that. That's just, it's, it's unthinkable. Actually, I can tell you that the last really bad line change I saw was by, not not the last one I saw, but the one that I, sticks out was Brad Marchand in the Stanley Cup Finals at the end of the first period made a line change. And just, a hot, I have no idea what was going through his mind. I know the they, one you're they, talking about. They wound about. up with a, a puck in the net, and that was the, that was the one that just punched the air all out of the balloon.
1: Ugh, I remember it very clearly. Yeah,
2: and um, so this is what happened on goal two. Thomas no- no- Nosick heads off the ice at the beginning of an Ottawa breakout. What should be a well-covered area of the ice. In fact, it was like really a two against five. You know, Fellino started to go off. Pasta stopped skating. They were. It was a, just a brain-dead play. And forward and Clifton drift way back in. Let me talk about that. The, the gap between forwards and defensemen. It's it's it should be tight. And in this case, what happens when they fade off? And they fade it off right down to the back tops of the circles. It gives all sorts of time and space for crisscrossing, for penetration into the zone. And you you top that off with the back checkers not getting into position, and all of a sudden you got graded to Chuck on a cross-ice pass and boom it's two to nothing. And Swayman didn't look good on this goal either. I mean he, you know it's funny. I mean good goalies forgive a lot of bad plays by defensemen and forwards in front of them, but in this case Swayman didn't have his A game on and you know he had to he had to bite the bullet in the end when he got pulled at the start of the third period for Olmark, but Anyway, do we have to take a break? You're looking at me like Take a break. I'm <laughs> okay. giving you the break look. There Getting it anxious. is. <laughs> it is. We just started. We're only on two goals. They got seven.
1: I know, right? Well, we're going to have the rest of it right here on Gloves Off Hockey on WMEX. On the other side of this break, folks, don't you touch that dial. And if you're listening online at WMEXBoston.com, thank you. We'll be right back. Call in line 781-834-9639. Back to your host, Mike
2: All right, let's pick up where we left off. We're in the uh, Bruins locker room. I'm coaching, and these guys are all ears because they've broken all the defensive rules. At 0-2, Trent Frederick Frederick makes a mistake. Stupid penalty. Just an uncalled-for retaliatory penalty, but Norris rung the post with a great shot, uh, but they dodged the bullet. And then they get a break on a goalie interference, on to Chuck. They scored another goal, but he was, it was a close call, but they made it pretty quickly, but it still went to three down. The Bruins iced the puck, and they, they lined up for the draw, and in my opinion, they lined up improperly. Their right defenseman, or left defenseman in this case, is Lindholm. He's almost into the corner. There's no reason for him to be there. I mean, what is he looking for? A one draw so he could clear the puck? All the all the things that you should be doing on a face off in your zone is what do i do if we lose the draw that should be the mindset Now, what how am i going to get out of this easily with a puck in full control that's not the way that's not the way you do it so the puck gets punched behind the net and both defensemen wind up behind the net i mean i have no idea why you should both players should vacate the front of the net Stutzel outmuscled Lindholm and Riley was in there and it got chipped to Tuchuk. But if you have Lindholm and Riley standing beside each other, who the hell is guarding the front of the goal? It should be a hinge. When you're, your partner's in the corner, you're out front, he comes back to the front of the net, you hinge to the corner, to wherever your guy is. But the puck went to a wide open Bathurst who just slammed it past Swayman. At this point... You know, Swayman has to be reeling, but he had no, absolutely no chance on this particular play. Absolutely. And so, those are all avoidable sequences and all things that would would, would drive me nuts. But hey, and I I pointed it out earlier, they came back and it was three three. So I thought, okay, things have settled down now. Let's let's see what happens. This is a good turn of events. So then Derek Forbert decides to pinch on a forward in the neutral zone. All right. It's okay to pinch there, but you want to get the puck if you can. He certainly got the player. He didn't get beat. But as a forward, when you see a defenseman pinch up on, just crawl up towards the offensive forward so he can't make a play, as a forward for your defensive team, Pavel Zaka should realize that he has to fall behind the defenseman and play defense to cover up for his teammate who, is trying to make a play and disrupt their offense in a different kind of a way. What does Zaka do? He does what Greer did. He gravitates towards the puck. He gravitates towards Forbert. That's a brain-dead play. And I've seen Zaka make th- three of them in four games. I mean, the directly his decision-making directly resulted in in a goal against. And that can't happen. Hey, it's all fun to see them zip the puck around. But this was, you know, this was a... An important point in the game. Uh, and Zaka makes this decision. It winds up on a two on one and a goal by Pinto. And, and I should mention that the, the Anton and I mean, he got his visa. A, a lot of people yep. wished he hadn't, at least after last night, because he was just dreadful. And he went down into the, uh, one knee with a stick on the ice like you, you see little kids do, but there's no way for an NHL defenseman to play a 2-on-1. I have a name for that kind of defense, but I can't say it on the air. But it starts with Zaka. It starts with four, but it's not really a great decision, but it's not it's not vile. And then, and then Zaka makes the crazy play that winds up at a 2-on-1 and a goal against for the Bruins. So there's now, you know, a few minutes to go in the – Second period, Ottawa dumps the puck into the zone and into the quarter. The, the, the Bruins decide to have a cocktail party. You know, they're just all hovering around. Zborl, Coyle, then Strawman. All three get beaten. Who's in front? Well, it's Tim Stutzel. And he slams the puck into the net. It's just like, I, I just.
1: Drives you crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's just. Well, so at this point, I think the point's been made. There are certain rules that you have to follow as a as a Boston Bruin. And they've been in, they've been entrenched in the system for years. And I'm just hoping that this guy doesn't come with that kind of loosey goosey attitude that sets this team back. They know that in in three, four months, whatever it is, six months that they're going to have to batten down the hatches. They're going to have to play defense. They're going to have to do things that that make sense to to the rest of their teammates. And, you know, when you find yourself with two defensemen in the corner, you know it's a mistake. When you find yourself getting beat one-on-one, it's a mistake. If you find yourself chasing the puck like Zaka did, like Greer did, it's a mistake. And, you know... Again, I give them credit. Uh, they bounced back to make it six to five, and it was, you know, that's that's a lot to come back from. That's a big two, crawl. Two, three goals, uh, three goal deficits. But I, you know, I have to tell you that I give Strawman an, a temporary pass. Jacobsboro can't play in the league right now. My opinion. I know they was all hot to trot about him, uh, but they are really he looks like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't really, he doesn't get physical at all. Um, and, and I, I don't know how they can stand the sight of him out there right now. I am hoping that Grizzlick comes back, you know, after the, sort of for the next later. game for Anaheim, because he, he's now looking like a savior coming back. Right. I don't know how long Carlo's out, but it was, uh, it was, it wasn't over yet though. Goal seven. Omar comes in. You know, and Forbert wound up chasing by the blue line and that wound up in a one versus three and that's all she wrote. Yeah, that's
1: never there was a well. chance.
2: There was a chance. But I, I guess I would end the meeting with that I'm not, I as a coach, I'm not tolerating this. These are the rules. You got to live by them. And if you don't live by them, you know, I'm going to sit your ass down.
1: It's going to be a I lot. Mean, of...
2: I mean, especially if you're a rookie, or a guy trying to make the team or make an impression. You know, okay, the veteran makes a mistake. Bergeron makes a mistake once in a while. You got to give him a pass because he's so great defensively. Krejci was not very good last night. It minus was really, three for Krejci. Yeah, he was not. He was not on his game. Um, Still had
1: a goal, but minus three
2: nonetheless. Right, but but it had the. Groundwork has to be set early in the season, and it has to stay firm for every player, um, and that's the job of the coach. Conditioning, motivation, and discipline, and the discipline is, you know, it's, it does not seem. I'm going to ask you, does it not seem like he wants to be like Johnny? Likely, yeah. I mean, Johnny be liked. I mean, that's. I really that I think that's. I know it's a new day and age. I know. You know, you need to put your arm around a guy more than you you used to. You know, used to, and you have to be careful with your criticisms. In fact, I was reading about Toronto's coach Sheldon Keefe, who was really agitated with his team and called. He didn't call him out by name, but he called out that his his best players weren't weren't playing in any rhythm, and then he publicly apologized the next day. Yeah, please come on. We haven't gone that soft, have we? I don't
1: know. The Tor- I don't want to get us off topic, but I will just say the Toronto faithful did not have uh, very many nice things to say ice level to the team, even after Mitch Marner scored one. Well, I don't know if you saw that highlight or not, but you know Marner gesturing toward the crowd, the crowd booing after a home goal, it's a wild time in Toronto right now, it, more than ever before. It is.
2: If we get time, we'll talk a little bit about the Toronto organization, but I know we got some other fish to fry in this situation. But I'm hoping that uh, out of this, the teaching can occur, uh, that, that Montgomery will get it. I mean, he did call the checking game atrocious. I'll give him that. But, you know, that's okay to call it that. But you have to, then you have to do something about it. You have to get in their faces and Make sure they understand exactly what you want, and I don't really care what the method is. Mine was different than his is going to be. His is different than somebody else is going to be. But, but these fundamental rules, uh, and that we've seen countlessly broken over the course of the first four games. I don't care that they're three and one. It's just a trend that it looks like if you want to play run and gun hockey, you're going to be you're going to be. Running some nights and you're gonna be gunned some nights. And last night they were gunned. Gunned good.
1: They yeah, were real bad on that one. I tell you, twenty-six shots is uh twenty twenty-nine shots is all Forsberg had to look at. That should have been a decent period of shots, not the whole game. So just to speak to what you're saying, there's a lot of that, and uh well it's gonna be a long season if that's how they're gonna run it. But we are gonna to go to our break and we are gonna have some callers for you here tonight. 781 834 9639 We'll be right back on Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Millbury here on 1510 WMEX. AMS Practice Management is the premier provider of talent acquisition and professional services across the United States. Their extensive network of quality professionals enables you to meet deadlines, develop new projects, and propel your business forward by looking for helpers so you don't have to. Find out more at amsmanagements.com. AMS Practice Management, turning career connections into catalysts for caring. WMEX is back And it's bigger and better than ever Listen as good guys Larry Justice, your friend Ben Jeff Lawrence and Jimmy J Play the greatest hits of all time Put the power of the good guys to work for you Advertise your business, event or message On WMEX Call our sales team at 508-245-7732 Or drop us a message At wmexsales At gmail.com
2: Radio is fun again
3: Fifteen ten.
1: W-M-E-X. Welcome back to WMEX and Gloves Off Hockey with your host, Mike Milbury, being brought to you by Fuse CBD.
2: Well, we got some guys wanting to ask some questions, so let's let it rip, Ben.
1: All right. First up on the docket, we've got Derek out in Kingston. Are you out there, bud? i'm here all right you're on live with mike millbury what's your observation from last night and your question
3: well you know last night second half of back to back um tough game to get up for uh especially on the road but uh you know they, they still put up five goals um the question i have is uh <clears throat> you know during the season you know things get you know they tend to smooth out um So
1: My my question is, uh... (laughs) What's your question, bud? I I have many. I have many. Oh, I think we actually lost him there. All right, that's okay. We'll come uh, back to
2: him. I'll tell you what. uh, Off of that, it sounds like he's been talking to Jim Montgomery. You know, there was lots of excuses there for the guys. And what I would have responded to, like the Bruins are one of the... You check it out. I think they're the top-scoring team in the league. Um... And also, on a per-game basis, I think they're one of the most scored-against teams in the league. But uh, last night, I thought they got the hard part done. That's scoring the goals. That's always the hard part. But the easy part, you know, the the put-your-nose-to-the-grindstone kind of work, which should be easy enough to get done, Uh, they, they let get away. And that's why there were seven goals. Seven goals, not even an empty netter. Yikes! Seven goals from a team that had, I think had a total of three in the previous two games. So there was something amiss, and it wasn't just. Oh, Ottawa! I will say this: I was impressed with Ottawa's speed. I was impressed with their attack. Uh, I mean, they they clearly have some holes on the blue line. They gave up five goals, but it was it was a team that. Um, I want to watch now. I want to see how they progress because it was a it was a fun team that skated hard, competed hard, and and uh, seemed to be jazzed up for their home opener. Oh, it's a good stuff.
1: We got a few more calls coming at you, Mike. So we're going to just hit them rapid fire. Don out in Quincy. He's got an observation and a uh, question. as Well, Don, are you out there?
3: Yes, I'm here, Ben. Very good. You're but on hey, live Mike, with Mike.
1: Mike, hey.
3: I'm I'm digressing. Uh, for a bit, okay, because I watched last night's game. It's kind of disappointing, but we'll see. Anywho, uh, Shane Corston cross-checked Ray Bork into the net. Were you head coach? Were you still playing, or were you GM at the time that it happened? Uh,
2: I was. Uh, I was coach. It was Game Seven, and it oh, was right? nasty. It was a nasty. It was right at the end of the game, actually, and it was a nasty, right? nasty series from I know start to was. finish.
3: Okay, number uh, the uh, the next one. Right? Did Harry send the tape in for real?
2: I couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was really. Uh, I mean, it was. They were out of control. They had lost the series and. Right. it was it mike, was just the thing
3: a is right, we're lucky it, that
2: ray didn't get hurt there because we had more
3: hockey no to play no kidding. I, I i but even if he didn't all the, all the all the league had to do was look at the boston herald right there the cross check is right there right at his neck mike yeah okay it's well i mean it would have been, i mean they probably could
2: have suspended him for a game the following season but montreal is done it was. You know, I, we we I know, were moving know. on, but you know, I think you can get it's, over it's that now.
0: One game for this at the beginning of the season.
3: It's it's not right. And it, yeah, well, that's, that know. was
2: 1990. This is like 32 years ago, and you're still crying in your beer over this. <laughs> I,
3: I, no, I'm not crying over it. It bothers me that that, that nothing was done about this. It was it's, it's a, it was a joke.
1: It was. No, oh, the
3: other question was were the three blind mice on there that's uh morell and Fraser. I don't know
2: who was <laughs> I don't know my my recollection isn't that good but I can tell you that it was oh, okay. uh, it was one of the great it was one of the great series that I was involved with either as a player yeah, or as a coach I, I and, loved it. I loved and, it. and it was uh, you know until
3: that until I had, that I had a great time through the series and I loved us uh breaking the Canadian curse too all right Mike thank you all, all right care. thanks for calling
1: Don and Quincy appreciate you, buddy. Man,
2: Uh, that's really, really. He real that hurt him. That hurt. It hurt all of us. That's a lifetime of hurt for him. (laughs) Man, I
1: I was talking about the 2015 draft the other day, and that was too far. (laughs) I
2: was. I I had a chance to meet Dante Scarnecchi. You know, the Patriots coach. He's a friend of my financial planner, and we went on a little tour of. Duxbury Harbor or someplace anyway somewhere down the road and uh, we were talking in the boat and I was talking about a football experience I had and I that I'd I'd been playing both ways in high school and my coach on Thanksgiving day when we were undefeated said I'm going to start the other senior because he's hardly played all year and I'm still bitter about that because we we lost that game wow so I know what you're feeling Don
1: oh hi <laughs> The feelings are real, folks, and they're right here on WMEX. Got another caller for you lined up. We have, uh, the phones are just rolling right now, 781-834-WMEX. Let's go to Dan out in Plainville. Dan, you're live with us. How are you, bud?
3: Hey, Ben. How's it going?
1: Good. You're live with Mike Melbury on Gloves Off Hockey. What was your observation and what's your question, bud?
3: Hey, Mike been a uh, Huge fan of you guys recently listened to. You. I appreciate you taking my call. Um I thought some last night, it's like uh, one of those games that you feel like you were always in it, but you never really had a shot. Uh, It was definitely a tough one after a 3-0 start, but um, I'm just, I just want to get you guys a take, uh, wondering if, I've always been a huge fan of um, Bruce Cassidy, but I'm wondering if uh, David Krejci came back due to uh, Cassidy's departure. Want to get you guys opinion
2: on that well that's a good question I, I don't have the answer for you but um, it became clear to me that there was more than just Jake DeBrusque being disgruntled um, you know we're talking to uh, Dale Arnold yesterday and he he said like it, it happens after a guy gets fired right that you um, all of a sudden you hear some rumors and that you know he was hearing some of the some of the guys players or other writers say that Bruce had all the right things to say in front of the microphone, but not he didn't communicate well with the players. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't, all I know is that it was an outstanding winning percentage. I don't think the team could have gone any further with any other coach. Um, this team now has added Krejci back into the fold. They've shuffled the deck a little bit, but in my opinion – he got as much as he could get out of it. But maybe they'd hit the wall. And I, I don't have the the insight that Cam Neely and Don Sweeney have into how a coach handles the team. Um but it's it was it was an odd firing, but I believe that they had reasons uh, that they're not sharing with us and they don't have to. It's their their decision to make and they're and, and I, I don't want them hurling mud at Cassie. I don't know how you could. And, and as Dale pointed out yesterday it took him all of a couple of weeks to find work at a big pay raise so you know it didn't hurt him around the league and in his he's got a good looking team in Vegas but I was I was a little I was surprised by it and uh, good for him and, and let's see what Montgomery can do with a new attitude and a new touchy-feely thing but if you listen to the first part of the show I he's got some work to do and some of it's not going to be in the touchy feely department, it's going to have to be, you got to do it my way, or it's, it's the highway. Doesn't have to be John Tortorella tough, but he's going to have to be tough and, and make sure that these guys listen to what, what the rules are for the D zone, because in my estimation, that's where a coach should harness all of his rules.
1: Excellent, excellent, Dan. Uh, what was your take on the goaltending situation, uh, and how do you feel about the two goalie rotation compared to the one starter?
3: Um, based off last night, it it was a very sloppy play by uh, Jeremy Swayman. I feel like uh, they should stick with Omar going forward for the time being, just to see what he can do. I think he's yeah. just a better matchup.
2: Well, we we we've uh, seen this coming do- for a while. Like this, the, there's the You know, when Olmark was signed, Swayman was still here, and he was ready to, you know, get a bigger part of the workload. But they gave Olmark a heck of a deal, and they must have had some reasons. That all thing got funky when Tuca decided to try to come back. And, you know, that had to be disruptive to Olmark's game and Swayman's game. And so it was – and I I guess moving from Buffalo where he liked it, Olmark, you know, it took him a little while to get adjusted. But I got to tell you, the two best games I've seen him play – were his two games this year. I mean, they were really he was really solid. Glove hand was good, um, square to the puck, not, you know, not too acrobatic. I just thought he was good. And Swayman, you know, the door seemed to be open for him to take the job, but I got a feeling they're gonna rotate pretty much 50-50. I don't think it's been that you know, long a look at Ulmark being the goalie that he's been. It's just been a couple games this year. He's had some issues last year. They had to they had to go to Swayman after a game two in Carolina. So it's still a horse race. Uh, but there are you know still close to eighty games left to make a make a decision on who starts and hopefully what is a, the first round at home ice in the playoffs. So good question, and, and I don't have the answer. But I guess I bet my my bank account that it'll be Omar starting against the uh, the ducks tomorrow night.
1: <laughs> and just in case, what's that number that I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> All right, Dan, thank you so much uh, for li- calling in for listening and we appreciate you very much, buddy.
3: Thank you guys. take care.
1: Cheers. There's Dan out in Plainville on the WMEX fun phone, as we call it sometimes, Mike. It's always a fun thing. Got another (laughs) caller coming up on the other side of the break. Uh, I just wanted to take one more moment to recap here. So again, obviously the Bruins lost this one against the Senators in more ways than just one. But what positives can we take away from this? Obviously, they still managed to put a five spot up on the board. And as we were kind of talking a little bit off air before the show started, Mike, normally five goals is enough to win in this league.
2: It should be uh, but it it if you don't do your homework if you don't do your the the you know the nuts and bolts kind of work that 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 it takes to to win games in the defensive zone then that's all for naught. as I, I just said it's it was the, the, the hard part was accomplished the toughest part in the game is to score goals and they don't seem to be having any trouble doing that but you can't do it you know at the expense of giving them up by the bucket load too although you know, it was fun to see 3 nothing, then 3-3, three three, then 6-3, then 6-5. But but in the long run, you're going to get pantsed doing it that way.
1: It's true. You can't play like that forever. But like you said, that's the running gun. We are going to step aside, take our final break of the evening. When we come back... A very special guest on the phone, I just found out, actually. So this is going to be great. Folks, don't you touch that dial. You're listening to Gloves Off Hockey, brought to you by AMS Practice Management and our friends over at Fuse CBD. Check them out online at fuse-health.com today. Right back at it here, Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury on 1510 WMEX. Proudly being brought to you by AMS Practice Management and Fuse CBD. Back to your host, Mike Milbury.
2: All right. Well, we've gone through a lot of stuff today, a couple of callers, and we still have one left. Right now, right?
1: We sure do. Happy to bring on to the program uh, first-time caller, obviously, because, you know, this is our, uh, what, second week we're starting now. Doug the Thug Smith himself out in Hanover. Doug, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, boys.
0: How are you? No complaints. Very good. What do you got for me, Doug? Well, I mean, you know, we're watching the Bruins. It's early on. You know, you listen to some talk radio, and and people seem to always panic that, you know, they lost the other night 7-5. But I think people fail to take into consideration the defense is really banged up. And a lot of the key guys, you know, McAvoy and Kahlo and Greslick, I know I'm sure you guys touched on this earlier, but, you know, those are key components to the team that they don't have playing right now.
2: I, I certainly can't deny you that ob- observation. But when you're a, an NHL organization, you should feel pretty comfortable going to nine deep and, and and by saying that I don't mean you're going to replace McAvoy with a McAvoy type player or Carlo with a Carlo type player or Grizzlick for that matter, but you should have players who have fundamental knowledge of how to play in the defensive zone. What bothered me about last night's game was, you know, you know, you've played the game. Two two defensemen standing by side by each in the corner. You can't have it. Somebody's got to man in the front of the net. I saw forwards. Drifting after the puck instead of, you know, when a defenseman pinches, you got to have a forward is savvy enough to back him up. That wasn't the case last night with Greer and Zaka, and it wound up with with two, two goals against and that could have easily been prevented. And and you know, when you talk about the injuries that have been sustained here. That's why a game like last night. I mean, 3-0, three and three and four nights. Losing to several defensemen, but if you could have banked two points, that's two days closer to getting McAvoy and Carlo and Grizzlick back in the lineup. And they had a chance to win them; certainly had enough goals to get it done, but fritted it away for lack of discipline. That's that was my take.
0: Right, and I totally agree. I think position hockey, especially on defense, p- plays a huge role here. When you, like you said, you get two guys. I saw numerous times not only two guys in the corner, but two guys go behind the net. After one play with the puck, if your centerman isn't cheating down to pick up the slot, so to speak, leave somebody wide open, and I saw that numerous times. Yeah,
2: it, that that to me was startling. I mean, and the centerman, to be fair, it's it's pretty much. It's pretty much man to man down low with the centerman and the two two defensemen. Right now, they everybody packs in their wingers to the you know faceoff dots. But down below that, it's the centerman and the defensemen that they have to communicate. But that defense, they're not going to score from. They're unlikely to score from the corner unless they get a ricochet. So, but they are if you vacate the front of the net as they did as you pointed out uh, a, a couple of times for slam dunk goals. It, it's it's really. Uh, defeating. I mean, literally right. and, and figuratively, and then, it's just, it just sort of right. hits your heart to oh my god, we how do we screw that up?
0: Right. And then you got a poor guy like, you know, well, i say poor guy, but you know, swimming in the net who's getting bombed for six goals against, you know, and he's like, "Jesus, where's my help?"
2: Yeah, well, <clears throat> he didn't do himself any favor in the first couple of goals, <laughs> five whole goals and you know, who you know, I think that's just a, an aberration. You know, I don't I'm not going to give him a pass. It was a not a good night for him. Don't blame Montgomery for giving them the hook to start the third period, especially at 6-5 when they have a chance to win. But, you know, it was another breakdown on, games, on goal seven that, that should never have happened. And 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 you go home instead of, even with one point, and, and, you know, if they just managed to score one more goal, grab a point and get out of dodge, that would be fine right. by me. But it was just too sloppy. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. And they're going to have to tighten it up. and. and I that means discipline for me from from Jim Montgomery,
0: right? So, for yourself as a former coach, what do you do the next day or the next time in practice? I mean, are you are you going yeah, over I know. positional play? Yeah, or well, well, actually, I I what you can I, and don't do.
2: I spent the first part of this show saying exactly that, and that was that. You know, I was told that the Bruins had a day off today. That and I can understand they played three games in four nights, right. but given the fact that they play again tomorrow, and given the right. fact that the the play was so egregious in their own zone, I would have brought them in for a video session and gone through goal by goal, who made mistakes, call them out, you don't have to call them out in the Globe or the Herald, you call them out in front of their teammates, you don't have to be nasty, you don't have to be John Tortorella, but you got to make sure that they know that these these fundamental rules of hockey, if broken lead to disastrous circumstances. And last right. night was so dramatic that I, I, I would have I would have insisted that they come in, take a look at it, You know, even if you didn't bring them in the next day for that pretty much useless pregame skate in the morning. I mean, that started years ago when coaches wanted to get guys in and make sure that they were not hung over. And half the right. time they came in in street shoes and just shot the puck around on the ice. But then... <clears throat> then it became a thing where you know you had to have a full practice and it's really not that useful uh, but right. i would say my estimation would have been to get them in read them the riot act however in whatever fashion that you employ establish the rules the the rules that were broken and the rules that have to be followed and then say starting tomorrow night you know you you break these rules you you're gonna you're gonna have some circumstances that go with it Missing ice time, missing the lineup. If you're a young player, but that that kind of game for me cannot go without a direct a direct approach from the coach. He needs to make sure that they got his his stuff, and that's that's what they would have done this
0: morning or this afternoon. So, so Mike, real quick, just to change gears for a second, on a positive note, I did see and hear that, you know, Bergeron scored. He's now the third-place all-time goal scorer for the Bruins. He's got 403 goals, and he passed uh, nifty Rick Middleton. I mean, as a guy, a former player yourself, I mean, tell me about the dedication and the heart and the desire and, and just all the obstacles that you have to go through to have the longevity of a guy like Bergeron.
2: Yeah, no, I, I actually... You know his 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 agent is now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, and we once had a chat about uh, Bergie. Uh, Kent uses his agent in the GM in, in Montreal, and I submitted that given his history of injuries, might be time to hang it up. I think I think this is it. I think this is going to be it for him. You you have to uh, you have to admire what he's been through, what he's accomplished, how consistent he's been. Um, already off to a tremendous start. And um, I can't say enough good things about Berge. And I would say this, that I, you know, somebody who's had multiple knee surgeries and knee replacements and all other sorts of issues, you know, he's going to pay a price for this down the line. And it's probably time to say enough is enough, as, as far right. as I'm concerned. He's, he doesn't have anything out. He did not like Brady, he doesn't have anything left to prove.
0: Right. Right, well, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, bring him back, you know, Krejci and, and trying to secure some of the other guys and make one last-ditch run at it, I think you're 100% right. I think they kind of going to go for it this year, and if they don't get it, then I think there's going to be a big breakup party.
1: Oh, possibly, brother. Hey, Doug, we got tight on time, brother, but thank you so much for chiming in, and we look forward to having you get another time, all right? Very good. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Doug the Thug himself joining us here on Gloves Off Hockey. Mike, we got about five minutes left in this one. Where do we even go from here? Well,
2: let's take a quick look around the league. I mean, from games from last night. So, excuse me, Flyers, new attitude under John Tortorella. We heard Keith Jones talk about the puckless practice to start training camp, which is an interesting approach. Great for conditioning, I guess. And and, uh, better than conditioning is getting great goaltending. Carter Hart was supposed to be the answer to all of the Flyers' prayers and goal uh, and he stumbled, got injured a little bit, um, but he was a star last night, and when his team was down 0-2, much as Olmark did in a couple of games, they were down by a couple of goals, he uh, made it a spectacular save, and the Flyers kept on coming. Uh, Noah Cates, late goal, gives them the 3-2 win, and that's against against Tampa, and why is that so important really for the team that, that is the flyers when you get off to a start like that you start to become believable to yourself you start to think well at least we beat, we beat tampa bay they're a stanley cup champion two years ago stanley cup finalist last year uh, and remember the night before philadelphia was down two nothing to vancouver before they roared back to win it and hart was Really good in that game as well. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get too carried away with the Flyers here, just because John Tortorella's their number one, their their coach. Their number one center is Kevin Hayes. I don't think Great he'd guy. be a number one center. But I don't, but I don't think he's a number one center on on any team. And Noah Cates, young guys, their number two center. I mean. Well, we'll see again tonight. They go to play the Panthers, who are uh, without Aaron Ekblad. I don't know about Brandon Montour, but their two best defensemen didn't play against Boston. And uh, maybe out again tonight, Eckblad, for sure.
1: Eckblad, definitely. As a matter of fact, they just put him on the uh, long-term IR. Uh, lower body is what they're calling it. So he got a shift in, in the game with the Bees, but that was it. You could tell he was a, a bad look, and that was about that. So... Flyers, Panthers tonight, Jets, Avalanche, Blues, Kraken. That's well, let me get back
2: to last night for a second because New Jersey beat the team that the Bruins are playing tomorrow night, 4-2 to over the Ducks. And, you know, the general manager in New Jersey still has work to do, but, you know, it's pretty good to have a first overall pick, Nico and in, in, in the lineup at center. Jack Hughes, first overall pick. Another center. Two st- too early still to say how good they're going to be, but there's a big upside for those two guys, and they spotted Anaheim a pair and and then got off the snide with a four-two win at home, so that's a good news for them. But but Anaheim yet again with a two-goal you know two-goal cushion couldn't hang on to it. That's good news for Boston fans. Good.
1: good news indeed, and it's going to be a wild one. Last night was a really wild game in general. We were talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets and their woes with Johnny Hockey, but I don't know if you happen to see, he had a really nice-looking goal in that one. And the Jackets have beat the Canucks 4-3 in OT. And the Canucks have made an unfortunate bit of history, as I'm sure you might have also seen. They are now the only team in league history to have their first four games with them leading, only to lose. That's a (laughs) rough way to be.
2: That's great for them. Um, Congratulations, Vancouver.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it.
2: I watched a little bit of the Calgary-Vegas game, which was a... Hell of a game. I mean, Vegas was undefe- was undefeated going into the game and um, had a 2 nothing lead. But well, this Calgary team, even after getting dinged by Goudreau going to Columbus and to Chuck, you know, forcing a trade, he winds up in Florida, they still look like a heck of a team. They can really move the puck. Um, I'm impressed with their goaltender, Markstrom. And, and actually, I was impressed with the Vegas goaltender, Logan Thompson, who's sort of inherited the number one job because Robin Lehner is out with injury. But both of those guys were terrific last night, and, and Calgary wound up on top. But they looked like a team that could, you know, they could challenge for a spot in the conference final, I think. And there's a lot of talk in that direction.
1: Absolutely. It's good to see uh, 17 out there too, Looch still looching it up out there. He actually had a pretty decent pass on uh, the goal that gave him the go-ahead score. So I think that's awesome. One more thing I wanted to get your opinion on. We're on our last two minutes here. Uh, final in a shootout, four three, Kings over the Preds. Are you surprised by that?
2: Every time I've watched the Kings play, um, and I, trust me, I don't know all of their lineup as well because there's a lot of new people in it. Mm. Um, I've I've been impressed with the pace of their play. They're really pushing it. You know, they're really moving the puck. They're finding spots to get open and and make plays offensively, and that um, hasn't been the case. And the other thing about the Kings uh that I've noticed is it, it does look like Jonathan Quick has has found his game again you know it's tough to fall off the mountaintop as the, the Kings did after winning a couple of Stanley Cups and then losing players and seeing your friends go and uh but it looks like he's turned back the clock a little bit you know he's looking like the Jonathan Quick that I remember and that's a that, that's a hell of a goaltender. It's a dangerous
1: weapon in the back of the net, that is for certain. Well, Mike, it is just about time up, but I want to say thank you once again. Uh, any final thoughts before we ride off into the night, into a Wednesday night?
2: And we'll talk a lot more about Anaheim tomorrow, the the next team up for the for the Bruins, but um, the focus tonight was on making sure you know what your responsibilities are. We'll revisit it tomorrow because they got to get that straight. They have to get it straight. They can't play like they played the first four games in the season in my opinion and expect to do any damage in the playoffs
1: Thank you very much that's Mike Milbury live here on Gloves Off Hockey on 1510 WMEX Quincy Boston and Translator W266DQ 101.1 FM in Weymouth and streaming online at WMEXBoston.com We'll be back again tomorrow night at 6pm right here on 1510